This episode of Cognitive Dissonance is brought to you by our patrons. You fucking rock. Hey, Tom, Cecil, this is uh, Ben from Montana. So uh, my wife thought it'd be funny to go down to the liquor store, and they had some uh, Crown Royal Black Canadian, well, garbage, and uh, didn't take your recommendations and thought, hey, you know, I'll give it a try. The lady at the liquor store was really anxious to sell it to me. Well, the reason she was anxious to sell it is because no one will drink this. This wouldn't even be good enough for disinfecting Frickin' surgical equipment on the battlefield is disgusting. Oh, it's a smooth whiskey. Yeah, it, it tasted like I was frickin' swallowing sewing needles. But uh thought it'd be funny to drink the rest of it and glory hole. Ugh. Oh, God, that's awful. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, it doesn't stop. Oh. All right. No. Now time to go find... Oh, something good. Hey, guys. Just listening to the most recent episode. You guys did a great job. Um, and I just wanted to put this out there because it's baffling to me. Uh, it's baffling to me that the far right is so surprised that there are a bunch of different types of opinions in the world. There's, like, endless amounts of opinions and beliefs in the world. They're so baffled by the concept that somebody wouldn't agree with them that they're their entire reasoning behind that is that everyone must be getting paid by George Soros. I know you guys have talked about this a lot, but it's insane to me. Like, I don't agree with you, so I must be getting paid for my opinions. That's the only other option. There isn't, like, I don't know, an infinite amount of people with different experiences and beliefs in the world that exist, like, outside of your purview. Nope, must not be the case. You must be getting paid by George Soros and boiler rooms, quote-unquote, of liberals. It's insane to me. Um, so thank you for keeping up the good work, and we appreciate it. Bye, guys. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording live from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome mat. This is episode 363 of Cognitive Distance. A little bit later in this episode, we'll be joined by Thomas Westbrook from the Holy Kool-Aid YouTube channel. So stay tuned to the end of the show for that. Cecil, also stay tuned for the release of the Donald Trump Comey tapes. I'm very excited oh, yeah. for him to never release the imaginary tapes that That's he doesn't have. exciting. Before we get started, speaking yep. of Comey and President Trump, mm-hmm. it is National Best Friends Day. It is. So I want to say real quick to my best friends, Tom, <laughs> Tom, Heath, and Noah, Happy Best Friends Day. That's so nice of you. Nice? Yeah. It is nice. Yeah. You know, let, let me let me extend. I'm Cecil. Yeah. And Noah and Heath, if you guys are listening, happy Best Friends happy Day. Happy Best Friends Day. It's great to have so many best friends. It is. It's nice. You know what's great about best friends is you can have 
as many as you want. Uh, just as many. There's no limit to yeah, how you many don't, best friends you You never can have. have to exclude somebody. You don't have to exclude a person. From the best friend moniker. Can just they can just you can add people them. in. It's like, it's like, you know, like your heart can just keep growing. Mm, exactly. It's amazing. And if you don't get this joke, you should listen to Citation Needed, <laughs> the other podcast we do with uh, our best friends, Heath and Noah, and then also Eli. Eli's on, Eli's that, show. on that show as yeah, well. Incidentally, so, yeah. just as a side thing. So, him, uh, so listen to that show. Now you were saying Comey and Trump. Yeah. So, uh, Comey testified in front of uh, the Senate today. He did. Um, and uh, first of all, what a poker face on that guy. Yeah, that guy, he's a serious dude. Like, you he, just, you yeah. look at him, you're like, that guy is serious. He is a very serious man. Very, very serious. And you you also get the impression, uh, I could be mistaken, but you also, I get this distinct impression that that is a principled motherfucker. Yeah, I really do. Somebody described him as lawful neutral today. <laughs> and I was like, that's true. That's I, true. I like that. Yeah. And it's, and he's, he's one of those guys that, you know, he looks like an, you know, he's an ecumenical abuser. You know what I mean? Like he would be willing to abuse Trump or abuse. Oh yeah. Whoever doesn't matter. Doesn't matter to him. You know, he said in a, he said in an interview, he said, there's a reason that lady justice is blind and that's so you can't move the blind, remove the blindfold and see your patron, you know? And, and, and I think he really does live by that. Like you get that distinct impression. Absolutely. Um, And what was great, I think the one thing I got from the Trump testimony today was that he had this uh, he had this this moment where all these Republicans are quizzing him and and they keep pushing back on sort of like, well, he didn't overtly say, you know, he was actually really nice about how he he approached you when he talked about his, you know, let's make sure that Flynn doesn't get you know, investigated. He was really nice about it. It doesn't sound like he was trying to obstruct justice. It sounded like he was being really nice about it. How nice is it when a fucking mob boss walks up to me like real shame if something were to happen to this place? You know what I mean? Like it's so transparent. It's pathetic. And all these Republicans can't get his tiny cock out of their mouth to look at this from a, from a perspective of, is it obstruction of justice? And I don't know if it is. That's the thing is I don't know, but at least approach it in a manner that maybe should have the gravity of this moment. You know what I yeah, mean? The fact that he was nice about intimidating. Yeah. You know, it's like you, you have to recognize what a position of authority does to your, your uh, negotiating power or your, or your uh, you know, how you approach people. Yeah. You don't have to, if, if you're the fucking president of the United States, you don't have to be heavy handed, right? A heavy hand simply isn't necessary. You can just say, oh, you know, Flynn and what he said, I'm paraphrasing. He's like, Flynn's a real nice guy. We kind of probably should lay off that guy. He's a real nice guy. I mean, there's a message in there. Absolutely. And it's a clear, absolutely. It's a clear fucking it's, message. It's one of those moments where you're just like, how fucking, you know, he's transparent in his motives because he's an oaf. Right. You know, and you can just tell when he's having a dinner, like there was a moment where they're asking Comey about the dinner. He's like, I really thought other people would be there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought other people would show up. And uh, it was weird. That was just us. God, I can't imagine how weird it would be to sit yeah. and have dinner just with Trump. And, you know, you read that testimony, his opening testimony, and I had a chance to read through it. I don't I didn't read the whole thing, but I read parts of it. And some of it is just so fascinating where Trump would say, you know, there would be these moments of silence. And he and he notates these moments of silence yeah. between them where, where Trump would ask a very direct question. He would just look at him. Yeah, well, I, I love the idea that you can make the director of the FBI so uncomfortable and he's like, I need to document this. Dinner. Yeah. And I'm just not even going to talk at this moment. I'm right. not going to talk at this moment. I'm going to document the silence I had. Right. Fucking weird, man. That's fucking weird. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, Schumer, I think, 
very, I, I love the way he did it. He said, look, you know, Trump's come out and said, you better, I hope no tapes ever get released. I hope no tapes ever get released. Motherfucker, you either have tapes or you don't. Release them or admit you don't have them. And Schumer basically came out and said, Trump needs to release these tapes or admit he don't, doesn't have them. And that's it. And there, there are no tapes. Well, there'll never be a tape lawyer, His lawyer said something recently about like how he lied under oath. And the only way you would be able to prove that is if you had tapes. Right. So, yeah. Prove so, it. so prove it. Prove but it. he won't prove yeah. it because there are no tapes. Yeah. And it's all just, you know, the buffoonings of an idiot. And I think what's interesting about Trump is that in, I'm going to speculate a little bit here, but my guess is that because he's been an authority figure for most of his life, that for most of his life, things didn't have to be true in order for everybody to behave as if they were, right? When you're the boss, yeah. everybody just eventually they back down, right? And, they don't get fired. And bluffing can work in other arenas. Bluffing works great in business. Yeah. Bluffing works great, but it doesn't work in the public sphere like this because there's too much scrutiny. He's, you know, nobody. And and plus there's, there's oversight that is disinvested. And that's the big difference between business and government, right? In business, there is no oversight that's disinvested. Even if you're in an industry that's heavily regulated, the regulators are still invested. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but now you have disinvested regulation. You have disinvested oversight. They don't give a fuck. Yeah. You can't fire them. Put up or shut up too, right? right? You, it's like, gonna, where's it at? Yeah. You can't, you, you, you can't intimidate them. You can't fire them. You can't, you know, try to steal their customers from them. You can't go lobby to get a law change. You didn't you like. You can't walk away. Right. You can't just walk away and be like, well, I don't want to do business with you with anymore. Yeah. Right. No, sorry. You can't do any of that. So uh, this story is from the telegraph.co.uk and it's uh, with respect to the London Bridge attack. This is everything we know. So, um, you know, I'm sure everybody at this point understands that there was an attack on the London Bridge. Um, Guys drove some cars into a bunch of people. did a thing. Then jumped out and went on a stabbing rampage. Um, and I put this in our notes and I, and I wrote next to it, I want to talk about gun control with yeah. this, right? And what I want to point out is that as terrible as this was, this would not have occurred this way in the States. No. Right? What they would have done is they would have jumped out of the car and rather than running around stabbing people, which did some fucking real damage, sure. right? People got hurt. A lot of people got hurt. Some people got killed. They'd have jumped out of their cars and they'd have been shooting everybody, yeah. right? This event was over in eight minutes. Start to finish. Um, the police fired like 50 rounds, killed these two guys. The, fr- from, the, from the first 911 call to the death of the two suspects, it was an eight-minute event. Yeah. Imagine if these guys had been armed the way it would be very easy to become armed in the States, sure. right? To be, you, you could very easily buy body armor. Like it's no, that, that's, that's an attainable item here in the States. It's, very, it, it's not terribly difficult to get. You can buy body armor. And you could buy an assault rifle, mm-hmm. which oh, uh, don't send me your fucking email if that's a made up term. You know what I'm talking about. A, a, a semi-automatic rifle. A semi-automatic rifle. A semi-automatic automatic rifle with a right. large magazine. Right. Yes. Or I'll clip. even be specific. I don't know what like, like, like a Colt, like yeah. a Colt M5 or something sure. like that, right? They could have done infinitely more damage. So much faster. The number, they don't have to run around getting in close quarters combat. They, when, when I read the, I, the, the, uh, the stories here, People were fighting back. They were throwing chairs and shit at these guys. They were fighting back in a, in a meaningful way, which 
probably delayed or prevented their ability to stab more people, right? Yeah. yeah. What that doesn't work when people have fucking guns. It just doesn't work with ready access to guns. One guy at an Orlando nightclub with one with a few guns on him, yeah, one sure. gun, 49 people he killed and he wounded 53. They, 49 people, people got injured. 49 injured people yeah. he killed. Yeah. These people killed seven and there was three of them. Yeah. And they had a car. Right. And how many got killed by the car? Do you know? I don't. I don't yeah. know what the, I don't know what the breakdown yeah. is. I don't know what the breakdown is but, either. But think about how much less efficient, because you hear that bullshit argument. And that's why I want to talk about it. Yeah. You hear that bullshit argument like, well, people are going to find a way, right? They can always get a knife. They can always make a bomb, like whatever. Yeah, you can. But nothing, and there's a reason we use guns, because nothing beats the efficiency of them. Yeah. If there was a more efficient weapon, we would give that to our military and police. Sure. Guns are incredibly efficient weapons at putting holes in things that didn't have holes in them. Yeah. And if you put holes in people, they die. Yeah. It's not terribly, this is not terribly complex. This attack, I think it's reasonable to say that this attack could have been vastly more damaging and more deadly had this occurred in an area where guns were easier to get by the general public. And it's a reason we need to think about having real gun control. Absolutely. I, I, I you know, I, I am a gun owner. I, I have am, a gun I, sitting two feet from I me. I have several guns. Uh, I carry a gun on me on occasion. Uh, I am, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Like, I think it's, you know, I think that there is a, there's a level of gun control that, that's needed in this country. I am for very strict background checks. Yeah. I am for very strict training. I am for very strict time, time frames to get guns. And I own guns. And I'd be willing to give them all up and go through all the things necessary to get those guns again yeah. in order to make sure that the populace is more safe. I'd be willing also to take those guns to the scrapyard tomorrow if they said there were no more guns in Same the United here. States, I would say, I love to go shooting. We shoot on occasion. I, I love to go, to go, uh, shoot, uh, sporting clays and trap. Uh, I, I, and skeet. I think it's a lot of fun. I really, the shotgun sports is absolutely, a, a just I love it. hours and hours <clears throat> of entertainment for me. I, I just love it. I'm not crazy about, uh, about rifles and pistols. I don't, I don't care so much about them, but I do carry a pistol on me on occasion. I would give it up tomorrow. If I never had to worry about somebody having a gun on. Yeah. But, you know, and, and this also brings up to, um, this sort of leads into the other story here, Tom, this was from the raw story. This is, uh, this is just, uh, an ex British ambassador says he makes me puke. And he's talking about Trump's tweets after the attack. And so I want to read these tweets. These are the four tweets that came out right after the attack. The first one is, Whatever the United States can do to help out London and the UK, we will be there. We are with you. God bless. That's the first tweet he sent. The second one was at least seven dead and 48 wounded in terror attack. And mayor of London said, says there is quote, no reason to be alarmed, which is a, uh, not true. Yeah. It's just a not true. Yeah. Cause he skips. Yeah. The second half of what the mayor said. We'll get back to that. So what are the other two? And then the other one is, do you notice that we are not having a gun debate now? That's because they use knives and a truck. And we are, we we can have the gun debate if we talk about guns. Like I say, you know, you can kill 49 people and wound 53 with a, with a single, one single guy. You know, could you imagine if all those guys had guns? I mean, it'd just be, it'd be a bedlam. 150, 200 people could be dead. And then the final one is pathetic excuse by London mayor 
Sadiq Khan, I don't know if mm-hmm. I'm saying that right, who had to think fast on his no reason to be alarmed statement, MSM is MSM is working hard to sell it. So those are his four tweets um, that relate to this attack. The first one, of course, is, you know, we're with you. The other three are just a you are a bag of assholes representing yeah. us. You are all, you are an awful, shitty person yep. being petty about and using. I mean, you know, they, they, the 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 far right accuses the left of this all the time when these when these gun deaths happen in the United States. They talk about how you're using these people at, for political advantage, and they talk about it all the time. Look at a guy using someone using people for political advantage. De- the deaths of human beings for yep. political advantage. It's right there in front of you. Yeah, and and let's talk about um, what Sadiq Khan actually said. Um, He says, My message to Londoners and visitors to our great city is to be calm and vigilant today. You will see an increased police presence today, including armed officers and uniformed officers. There is no reason to be alarmed by this. Jesus. We are the safest global city in the world. Fake news. You you know, the idea that he's got to think fast, he just has to quote himself. Yeah. There's no reason to be alarmed by this. Well, what is this? The this is the armed police and security forces. He's trying to bring calm back into the city. He's not saying there's no reason to be alarmed by the terror attack. Yeah, he's alarmed. He's up the fucking police presence. So he's clearly alarmed. Taking and chopping off the end of that sentence. That's bullshit. Yeah. That's just absolute bullshit. That doesn't tell you, you know, that this guy's trying to manipulate how he's trying to, he's trying to put, He's trying to put doubt in people's minds about yeah. the media. He's trying to put doubt in people's minds about this president. He's trying to put doubt in people's minds about their safety. He's trying to make sure that that you know people will support him more on these anti-immigration bills that he keeps putting forward. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is clear political motivation, and it's pathetic and disgusting. Have you always wanted to win the lottery? Do you suffer from chronic poverty syndrome? Do you have real problems that are too much work to actually work on? Would you rather pretend to help than actually help? Prayer might be right for you. So Cecil, this story comes from the Huffington Post. Kentucky governor's crime plan. I love this. Good plan. This is, this is bat signal ineffective, right? As if, and, and I say that like, because there's no Batman. Sure. Yeah. Volunteer prayer patrols. Mm-hmm. Roaming the streets. This is pretty much exactly what it sounds like. Teams of people will just walk around praying in neighborhoods that are high crime. Mm-hmm. The end. Yeah. That's the plan. That's his plan. That's his actual plan. They'll walk around playing, praying. Uh, in other news, fuck Louisville. Yeah. That's insane. That's the governor's plan to fix. Like, oh, we got a expanding crime problem in Louisville. Maybe we should think thoughts about how we don't want that there anymore. <laughs> you know, outside. Why would you even have to walk around? It doesn't make any sense. Why not just sit where you're at and just project your thoughts outside? They're dead. Magic thoughts, I think, are not like, oh, fucking, I couldn't get my magic thoughts through the drywall. Yeah, your magic thoughts are constrained to the room. I don't uh, think so. It's so it like, Do I need to go outside? Yeah. Do I need to be in the space to pray about it? And so I was thinking about that, and I thought, like, is this really an excuse to create, like, community policing or like community, like volunteer patrols or whatever. Sure. But if it is, and it's a high crime area, aren't you just sending a group of like unarmed 
happy people well, singing not, kumbaya well, no, songs. Don't, don't, I mean, don't rush to judgment. They could, if they wanted to, change the name of a few prayers to be a little more threatening. I see. So you could do the flail Mary. Oh, right. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. The sword, the swords prayer. Nice. That's another one. Yeah, that'll work. Apollo's Creed. It's another <laughs> one. You know. These are threatening. Apollo's Creed. are threatening. Apollo's Creed. He dies at the end, doesn't he? <laughs> but he's punchy until but so the is end. Jesus. So but I he's guess punchy it works, until the right? end, though. He's a good puncher. Oh my god. So and I guess I, I guess when I say like unarmed, like they are Kentuckians. So yeah. presumably they're bristling with weapons at all times. Yeah, and probably have a stump cut off right. about at the elbow. They could so, gnaw at the yeah. criminals with their they one are, good tooth or they whatever. Are, they have. They don't fucking them. pray at it. They have a beagle that follows them around. <laughs> <laughs> you better get out of here. I'm going to say the Lord's Prayer at you. Uh, right? Like, whoa. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. As he's stealing your wallet. <laughs> right? <laughs> you just see these people walking around and think, there's a mark. Well, I, right, why wouldn't they just get robbed? Yeah. I, I would specifically rob them. <laughs> I would take their, you know what I'd rather? I'd take their fucking Bibles. You are a bad person. It would be hilarious. I mean, I remember one time I had a pair of shoes that I wore and wore and wore and wore. And it just, just for years, these shoes did not wear out. And I wore them years and years and years. So, you know, sometimes God is saying little epiphanies to us, little things to us, mm -hmm. but we don't know how to listen to his mm -hmm. voice. Sister comes from Right Wing Watch. Lance, why are you Lance Wallaby, whatever, says that God is behind Trump's tweets and ignorance of world events. This, I, this we just have to hear. Okay, because now, this is outstanding. hold on a second. So I want to summarize most of this. Okay. Because it doesn't, like most of it is actually him giving a speech to a congregation mm -hmm. and he's making some jokes and he's, he's being kind of funny. The summary is Trump is kind of a wild, loose cannon mm -hmm. that sometimes says the right thing, sometimes says the wrong thing, but it doesn't matter to him right? because he's anointed by God. Right. He keeps saying over and over, well, that's what happens when you're anointed, when you're anointed. And everybody's laughing at him, et cetera, et cetera. And he finishes up by talking about China and how China, and I don't want to play it again. I don't want to play it because yeah, it's just fine. this long uh, drawing thing. Anything. It's we're not very really good. Okay. We're going to play, we're going to play a piece of it. Okay. I want you to hear the end of it. But, you know, he talks about China and how Obama, you know, they were playing chess with Obama, but but Trump doesn't know anything. So when he asks the guy a question about North Korea and their conflict with North Korea, the Chinese person, the Chinese ambassador says, oh, well, I'll tell you about it. And then they have an investment in it because they've got a chance to explain something to someone. And that's important. Ignorance. Ignorance. As a plan. Is good. And God made him ignorant and God anointed him. Now, I want to play. Yeah, that's astonishing. Because I, I, when, I, when, I, when I read this, you know, I, I saw, like, I thought, here's a guy who is one of Trump's biggest cheerleaders. Yeah. Saying, like, hey, man, his weird, erratic behavior. And I'm not even paraphrasing. He says erratic behavior. When you have to look at the guy that you're saying is, is the leader of the world and be like, yeah, his, his behavior is difficult to understand and erratic. And he doesn't know what he's talking about most of the time. Why are you defending that guy as the leader? It's because he's anointed by God. You wouldn't allow that guy to be the fucking shift manager at Arby's. <laughs> Could you you wouldn't. <laughs> have all the Arby's sauce on him. <laughs> His fucking belly's hanging up over the... What do you want in your burger? Oh, that's fucking amazing. All right, let me play this last bit for you here, Tom, because I think this is, this is very enjoyable at the end. All I right. think you'll really like it. 
This is a totally different game, people. God's changed the game. I feel the anointing right now. I'm off the bottle. Off the bottle of that Holy Okay, so now it ends here, but I, I actually went to YouTube to find it continues on. So so here's here's the rest of it. All right. That's amazing. I like this. This is good. Yeah. That's right. Repeat after me. Scooby Doo Melody. I'm kidding. That's not it. I that was rude. This is this is actually this is it here. For the rest of oh my god. Uh, <laughs> I am a I, that is wow. The video for that is the greatest thing it's ever. Lance Lance is pretty YouTube. awesome, I it, think. He kind of looks a little like it does kind of look, like look like that trash man or whatever. <laughs> Oh, talking in tongues is seriously my favorite thing. Have you heard? Have you seen someone do it in person? I just saw it now, and I I could not. I would not be able to sit in that room if they were going. I told you somebody talked in tongues at me, right? I would be I would be in stitches on the ground. That's not something I can. I and I know that would be rude. I recognize the rudeness of that, yeah. but I just would not be able to be in front of someone. And at this point in my life, no way either. When I was seventeen and it happened, I, I got. I, I know I've told you this story yeah, yeah. before, but like. I went to one of those mega churches because there was a girl I was interested in. I went to this mega church and they pulled me to the side and they put me like in a little wacko room and this woman fucking hubba-doo-doobalaed at me. Oh, hubba-doo-doobalaed. She, she like touched Cast me. She like touched my shoulder nice. and put her head down. She's like, hum-ba-da-shubba-da-riggity-biggity-bop-bop-bop or whatever the fuck she said. I don't know. And I remember being petrified like, am I, is she not going to let me go until I babble too? Like, what do I have to do to get out of this? You know? And it was Weird. And they wouldn't, when they did let me go, they were like, when are you going to need your name and phone number? I'm like, and I was like, I'm going to give you the wrong name and phone number. Yeah. Like, there's no way yeah. I'm giving you a working yeah. phone number. Those people, that's like, that's like lying to the cops. Like, you're just like, yeah, I, I just stole a big thing. Right? I'm, I'm holding gonna, this for a friend. I'm Joe Joerson. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Billy No Crimes. Uh, <laughs> Billy No Crimes. <laughs> And the point that the psalmist is making is when a nation sacrifices innocent children in abortion or infanticide, 
That is a sacrifice to demons. It's like food for demons, using that expression metaphorically. What I mean by that is that act of the shedding of innocent blood, the most innocent among us, it empowers satanic forces. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, This is Jim Baker. Uh, The Ringling Brothers Circus Closing was a sign from God about the last days. This guy is a spin machine. This guy is fucking on the spin cycle all the time. How he's not dizzy, how he can remain vertical is a motherfucking mystery. Unless we repent, unless we talk to God, unless we turn to God. And if we destroy our president, do you believe it was a miracle, right? You said that. I do believe it was a miracle. All right. If you come against what God does, or you're saying, when you're saying Trump is no good, we got to get rid of him. You're saying, you're attributing to Satan what God did. Again, we go back to the, the wow. election night when we had that conversation. I know. The only way God interferes, if you're a believer, is he either changed people's minds, removing right. free will, or right. he changed the ballots, right. removing our Literally choice. rigged yeah. the results of the election, which means that less people voted for Trump and their voices were not heard. Yeah. Yeah. So either way, he fucked with our free will. Yeah, I don't understand how that they leaps of logic they get through just to believe this. But right. but it's it's one of those things that you hear them say all the time, and it's that it's that threatening, like you know, don't you dare go against this. This is this is this is your guy. I guess the other possible, it's still it's still fucking with free will. But the other possible way that God could have influenced the election is to have had people who would have voted Hillary stayed home. Yeah, again, still it's the right. same. Still thing. free will. It's the same, same thing. It's same all free concept. will. Yeah. Is that right? That's very dangerous. Well, the same day President Trump arrived in the Mideast, something happened. Something happened after 146 years. Would that be epic? Yes. 146 years? Well, it depends on what it is. Yeah. What it, like any like just, just a no it depends thing. on what it sure, is yeah. yeah what happened that you know it just you don't just agree that anything that happened that took a long time to happen was epic what if an old tree fell down oh fucking epic <laughs> dude it was super epic because it was big well what if it didn't make a sound mm, I, I wasn't yeah. there so I don't know. <laughs> yes something happened and God spoke to me mm-hmm. he said this- he spoke to you after 140 years Jesus Jesus fucking took a He's like an ant. It takes no. a very long time. You know what happened was? Mm. He told Pat Robertson 140 years ago, and he just told him. Ah, uh, he just got right. Like game of phone tag or whatever. Right, right, telephone yeah. or operator. One of those. Kill a hooker or something. I forget what it's called. <laughs> Kill a hooker. <laughs> this is no accident. The same day he arrives in the Mideast, the Ringling Brothers Circus packs up its tent after 146 years years it performed what wait what the circus closed maybe there's no market for circuses who wants to go into a big hot smells like shit room and watch dirty animals run around like i've no i never even as a kid never wanted to go to the circus well here's the answer not enough people to keep them in business yeah right 
That's the answer. This is a bit of the fucking circus is a business. That's yeah. what it is. If the business closed, it's because the market doesn't want it anymore. These guys can't get the fucking free market deep enough into the back of their fucking throat, right? Yeah. Their fucking uvula is fucking bruised sure. yeah. with how hard yeah. they get face fucked by the fucking free market Absolutely. all the time. Like, oh! Absolutely. Mascara's fucking. Yeah. And there's a so, pile of puke on right? in front of them. <laughs> from how hard they're fucking gagging yeah. on the fucking yeah. free market, yeah. right? They have to they have to tell the cameraman to hold on a second. <laughs> they're like, wait a minute. While their eyes are just pouring, they, they vomit two or three times. It comes out their nose. No. They need to get a fluffer over there to wipe their face off. Whatever it takes. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it sure. takes. We'll edit to that get out. More free market yeah. into them. It's last performance. The elephant is mainly to blame. Now, that's not the prophecy, but that's a piece of the prophecy. Here's the thing, Jim. I, I just want you to know that when you tell the folks that are eating your buckets of slop, I want you to let them know that the elephant is partly to blame for this. He had tried to do a hostile takeover. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so unfair to blame the elephant. You know, an elephant goes rampaging through the crowd once Just or twice. You know, and it's like, Break oh, all of a sudden the elephant's Ooh. a big problem. We're not talking about fucking elephant control methods. You, you know, know we, never, I mean? hear like, we never, right. never hear about that. We never hear about like safety and regulation behind elephants I when have, they go crazy. I, the only way to prevent, uh, to protect myself from elephant attacks is with a bigger elephant. Absolutely. Uh, what, what if only bad guys had elephants? Yeah. What if they only had bull elephants? Right. <laughs> then what? Where are We're you just, now? <laughs> And I, here I am walking around with my rhino and I'm fucked. You know, that's why I am going to actually clone a mastodon and raise it from birth. <laughs> the elephant is no longer in the show by law. In America, you cannot have elephants in circuses anymore. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Well, like who, who seriously, who seriously is like, what the fuck? You're in America. Like I never even once in my life thought, oh, I need to see an elephant show. <laughs> But, but it's never occurred to me to see an elephant show. But like, he's going to get all fucking outraged about this. But there's a reason. It's because the elephants are poorly kept and poorly managed and abused. And, and people protest that. They're a big animal. Yeah, but, but, but the reason is because people were like, yeah, maybe elephants aren't the kind of animal that you should fucking train to do this work because they're fucking big and smart. And to train them, you have to hurt them real bad. And, you know, they really shouldn't fucking live in a boxcar on a train. That's not like sure. good for yeah, them. yeah. So yeah, they banned them because it's fucking cruel. Like, I, I maybe I don't know. Yeah. I don't know anything about. But why I, they I remember them. when this was a big controversy. Here's, here's here's why I don't. Here's why I don't know anything about it because I don't care. Like I genuinely don't <laughs> care. Like I'm like when, if somebody were to come to me tomorrow and say. Cecil, do you realize that they banned elephant shows and be like, there was elephant shows? <laughs> like, huh, it sounds stupid. Right. Why would you ever even consider it? So to me, I'm like, I don't even care. Like, I don't sure. care why they banned it if they did. I don't. And to be honest, to be real honest, I wouldn't care if they lit the item on fire. <laughs> I, wouldn't, such a I wouldn't care. But I don't care that they banned it either. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm completely neutral. On but I this. remember when this was a big controversy. Yeah, sure. I, I remember yeah. when it was a big and, controversy. And, you know, I'm sure you'll we'll get email because I remember when we talked about uh, uh, uh Animals being sad or looking sad at SeaWorld. A bunch of people were like, Blackfish, you guys watch Blackfish and you got all super sad about it. Be like, no, I just 
don't like while going to zoos or I don't like going to the aquarium and seeing like the big, the big lonely ass one whale and that big thing. Like I, like I anthropomorphize it. I look at it and I think, well, that would suck. It'd be super boring. And so I, but I have no idea whether or not the whale's suffering. And here's the other key. I don't care. Like I genuinely don't care if the whale's suffering. Like it doesn't matter to me. I'm like, because I, and that's the same reason I wouldn't go to a fucking whale show. It's the same reason I wouldn't go to an elephant show because I don't fucking care. Because they protect. Isn't it something? We kill 50 million babies or or almost six elephant babies. Just all these all these ears on the ground and small little tusks. We have to make you have to make like tiny little pipes out of them. You can't even do anything fun with it. You can't even make a piano out of that. <laughs> make a baby piano. <laughs> like a Linus piano. That'd be awesome. Sixty. Almost sixty million babies in America, but yet you can't. Kill a fucking elephant. What the fuck? <laughs> here are two things that are unrelated. Get an elephant in here. I want you to feed it buckets until it dies. <laughs> These two things have no relationship to one another. Until we fix the abortion problem, we can do whatever we want. We can, you can kill elephants. We, just, we can stab you puppies fucking... in the eyes. doesn't matter because as there's long abortion. As we have abortion. As long as there's abortion, every you other wrong is just. Do whatever it, you want. Yeah. Have an elephant perform because it's not humane. Right. Come on, people. You better wake up and listen. The elephant is no longer in the show, and it was the death note. God, can you imagine how that elephant smells? (laughs) What a dirty, shitty animal. They power wash it, man. It's fine. (laughs) They probably probably do. Uh, They probably fucking power wash and scrub brush those fucking things. Nasty, weird, wrinkly, fucking ugly animal. He's such a <laughs> shitty person. Why? Because I hate elephants. I, I genuinely hate most creatures. Though. I know you do. That's I, why I'm I saying you're a shitty like, person. I don't like most creatures. There's there's like three or four okay creatures, and the rest of them are like, there. It's a that's a yeah, garbage animal. Cats, dogs, cats, and dogs are fine. Boa constrictors. Uh, I'm not a snake person yeah, either. I either. kill I all those fuck. snakes. I don't give a fuck about yeah, snakes. I don't either. I don't give a shit about rodents. Like kill all the rodents. Who cares about them? Yeah, Murder every rodent. Like, put it all in a big pot and light it on fire. I don't pot? care. I don't care. I just, fuck rodents. And then I just start. I'm like, birds, fuck them. I don't yeah, care I about any birds. Birds. Um, birds are fucking awful. There's a few mammals that I like, like, but they're like domesticated. The rest of them, I'm like, well, I can't eh. think of anything else that's domesticated that I have any interest in. To like, I, I like foxes. I think they're cool looking, right? Yeah, right. I would. I would. You know what? Foxes are kind of neat. Yeah. And it, and it's interesting too because you can you can write a whole song about what they'll say, which yeah, is good. Exactly. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm the scat man. <laughs> they found out that the elephant was the biggest draw the circus had. Isn't that something? That's something. That really is. Now, what is this? Here's what we did. We went to the circus when we were in Las Vegas. We Cirque du Soleil. We went to Cirque du Soleil. You want to know what? They have any fucking animals. They just had a bunch of people doing all kinds of gymnast crazy shit. And it was, it was fun it was amazing. And, and fun to watch. Yeah. So you could still do the circus. They do a circus here in Chicago that Sarah wanted to see. We couldn't cause we were out of town, but it's called Cavalia and it's horses and it's a big horse thing where yeah, I guess they, uh-huh. they do flips and whatever on the horses. And it's like a circus thing with horses again. It's a circus. You could totally do it. Right. Just because Barnum and Bailey didn't change their business model in 140 years. I shouldn't have to cry crocodile tears because somehow there's abortion. 
Right? Is I mean, like, isn't that, isn't that his argument? Symbol of the elephant. Oh, yes. It's amazing, honey. <laughs> Say it. The Republican Party. You don't know that? Of course we do. But you all help me. So, are yeah, you guys high church? Uh, what are you? Of course we do, but when you say it out loud, then we know it more. I hate that woman. Are you serious? That's uh-huh. yeah. Because yeah, this is the it's the death of the Republican Party. This is the, yeah. yeah, they're only in power. Right. They only like own it all. But I it's terrifying to them because they're doing a bad job of it. And they so they're they, elephants they and own they're it the ringing so circus. Fucking hard right abortion. now. That even if there was an impeachment, nothing would happen. Like even if it, it went to the thing, nobody would impeach him. Nothing would happen. Okay, hold on a minute. Let me break it down for you a little different. There's a circus. It's been in town. It's been around for 146 years. It had elephants. The elephants are the Republicans. Nobody likes the elephants anymore. The elephants are also the most liked thing because of the biggest draw. The most popular thing is no longer liked by people. Therefore, abortion is wrong and the Republican Party is the apocalypse. I think you've nailed it. <laughs> it's like another, <laughs> Any another holy climb. rollers here? Anybody from a Pentecostal? I need some Pentecost or some shouting Baptist. Anybody a shouting Baptist? You're a shouting I'm Baptist. A shouting. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right. <laughs> okay, now listen to me. Listen to me. I just need somebody to jibber jabber. Do you want me to tell you what God spoke to me about this? Yes. I love them elephants. And if they go away... I'm never going to be able to see those curly tails anymore. And I love that stuff, the way they curl up. And then if you pull them, they go blink and they go right back to where they were. And you know what also happened in this 24-hour period, 48-hour period? This news from Manchester in England. Where- yeah, was- How are you going to connect well, the Manchester Arena explosion to suicide elephant? Fuck, dude, that would be messy as shit. That would be, yeah. That would be messy as shit. Everybody on the other side of the elephant would be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine the size of the fucking suicide vest you have to strap on that elephant? (laughs) It's fucking outrageous. A goddamn nuke. You got to get it at the big and tall store. Right? 22 mostly children. Yes. Were murdered. By elephants. By a terrorist. A terrorist elephant. You're not going to like this. Pastor, okay. it was a donkey. <laughs> I'm sorry, but All right. I'm not a happy prophet. I'm a prophet of doom, as they uh, say. You know, Jay Baker is a prophet of doom. No, I'm a prophet of <laughs> the king is coming back. Yeah, and all the right. stuff that has to happen. Jesus, I'll make sure to tell you about it so you buy my buckets. Right, so you can be well fed when the king comes back. Great news. God loves you so much that His only dead son, who's not dead, is coming back to be more alive later. He's going to come back to love you so much. But first, there has to be some random apocalyptic sure, events that make your life terrible. Right. Until that point. Because it's going to suck. Can you imagine like how that would work if you like if you just try to tell that to like anybody else? It's like, oh, great news. We're going to go on vacation next week. Oh, yeah. But between now and then, I'm going to put out a pack of cigarettes in your eyes. Like, <laughs> why? What fucking what? Else? <laughs> but it's going to be an amazing vacation. We're going to Disney. But I won't be able to see Dumbo. <laughs> this is coming yeah, back. That's right. That's I've right. spent a lot of time in the revelation. Revelation is now, people. Yes, it is. We but here's it. what God spoke to me. The circus is over. Amen. Oh, yes. Wow. And, wow. And, this is so good, isn't it? <laughs> and uh, what is what, happening? What is going on? What is, what is happening? Just, on screen, there's just superimposed like letters that says, the circus is over. And the woman is overreacting in a huge way. The, the, she's got her fake orgasm. She's got her fucking when Harry met Sally fake <laughs> orgasm thing going on. Oh, this is so great. I'll have what she's saying. <laughs> 
life, life as we know it, unless we turn back to God, it's not going to be fun anymore. Mm-hmm. It's a metaphor time. Oh, I should have thought of that. I wonder if it's going to be bread and circuses mm-hmm. or just this circus. <laughs> hmm? circuses. Here we go. They went to a concert. Oh. 21,000 people went yeah. to a concert for fun, happiness, joy. Yeah, yeah. And a bomb went off. Oh. Mount Everest. Mm-hmm. Hillary's step has collapsed. Mountaineer confirms. Mount Everest. So what? Hold on, he's gonna tie it all into the elephants are doing this. You just gotta give I swear to God, I'm gonna I wanna fist fight this man. Chris, the rocky outcrop near the peak of Mount Everest has collapsed. <laughs> Hillary's step, it's called. Yep. Has huh. collapsed. Hillary. Huh. You can do with that whatever you want. <laughs> There's warfare. Yes. As it fell, it just said butter emails. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this goes on a little longer too. Does it ever make sense? <laughs> no, I love this. This is so great. I love this. It's my favorite thing. Scooby Dooby Dooby. I can't. I know. Nobody can sing with you. So we're joined now by Thomas Westbrook of the Holy Kool-Aid YouTube channel. He's actually at the glory hole. He didn't break down any doors. He didn't scream. Oh, yeah. When he came in the room. He hasn't left, though. That's when you leave. Oh, is it? Is I was it? concerned. Okay, yeah. I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah. It's this is the leaves. lowest moment of my life. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea how much yeah. worse oh, this it's, is going it's to get. My, my mom would be proud. You know, right. she's already disappointed that I'm an atheist, but you know, now I'm on a podcast with a bunch of guys who make dick jokes. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you know what? She's a patron. So, yeah. I mean, she's got no room to talk. What, what no. perks does she get? <laughs> All of oh, them. Yeah, well, there's a special glory hole. Page. <laughs> we had to create a special level for her. It was real. And it's about two and a half feet off the ground. <laughs> welcome, so, to, welcome Thomas, to the glory you. hole. Thanks for coming. Thank um, you for having me. So we met at ReasonCon. We met, bef- we met before that uh, via email and chatted and stuff. But we met at ReasonCon. And you have a pretty interesting background. Tell us a little bit about your background first. You would, uh, you you said that uh, that you grew up a mission kid. Tell us about that. I did grow up a mission kid. It was a a very interesting experience. Was it impossible? Um, <laughs> just wondering. It's a legitimate mission. Everybody walks. How do you not do that? How do you not? This man knows how to enter and leave a room. I would only enter rooms suspended from a series of cables. Just and now he leaves as the Kool Aid Man. Every heist he leaves as the Kool Aid Man. Sexy hell, stealthy on the way in, blows shit up on the way out. I should hop up on the chair so I'm not triggering the alarms. 
So you grew up in Michigan. Back, what, what transition is, uh, back know, right? to Here's somehow where, transition back to <laughs> a legitimate question. Yeah, a legitimate question and a legitimate answer. Right. So, so a mission kid. What even is a mission kid? Well, so my parents were missionaries in um, in Asia in a Muslim country, and I I grew up as. So I was, I was homeschooled, which that's weird as it is. You know, I'm still trying to overcome my social awkwardness. Uh, but college, doing a great job, by the way. Well, yeah. college did He's not doing a very good job. <laughs> Don't tell him. Well, I, I edit the shit out of my videos so that people can't see it. Yeah. <laughs> Cecil edits me. It's perfectly yeah, fine. No, that's yeah. In fact, just just this. just now, you know, there's this long awkward pause that they're they're going to edit out, but. Um, or just don't edit it out. <laughs> just, just, just let it like sink in so I'll people can just feel the awkward. Feel the awkward. They'll, they'll look down and they're like, is it buffering? No, no. It's no, still, that's it's just, still yeah, going. That's just, so a mission. So from, from birth, you were a mission or like just like from, at what age were you a mission kid? So from the, well, I mean, technically I'm always a mission kid now that I'm, you know, but I was, uh, oh, I didn't know there were technicalities. Oh, yeah. I guess I'm not a kid anymore, but yeah. my, my, Is it my like childhood the Marines was where you're never like formerly a Marine. You're just like, I'm always, always a Marine. Always a Marine. <laughs> <Simplified> <laughs> bitches. <laughs> no. So I, I was three years old when I, when I went overseas. When they went missioning. Yep. Gotcha. And, but you know, my, my parents, they, they were, you know, very educated. My dad had a master's degree and my mom was college educated and so, so I didn't, I didn't get the, the stereotypical homeschool experience where, you know, it's, oh, we're just going to wait inside in our pajamas and wait for the rapture. You know, I, I got to see a lot of amazing things. You know, I was in the, the, the Soviet or former Soviet Union right after the fall of the Berlin Wall. Oh, wow. And, and I saw, I saw a country as it's, you know, emerging out of poverty. You know, there, there were bread lines that you would have to go and stand in line at in the morning to get bread. The water would go out and you'd have a little bucket that you'd have to, you know, take down to the, the watering hole and then carry it up 10 flights of stairs. I just, I admire, I don't care about other people's souls bad enough to wait in one line for anything. Like the, the fact that your parents would be like over there, you know, they care enough about this to be like, yeah, they're going to endure the same hardship as the locals, right? Yeah. And, and in that regard, I think, you know, I hear a lot of people sometimes will, they'll bash Christians for for particular reasons. And, and I get the, and I made a whole video on why your atheist so angry. And it comes down to where if we're angry, it's because we give a damn. We see a lot of the harm that's being caused mm-hmm. by, you know, the, the Catholic church covering up the, the raping of pedophile or the raping of children. By- <laughs> raping of pedophiles would be a different story though. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, the, the raping of children by pedophile priests is being covered up. Right. You have, you know, the, the Pope saying that, you shouldn't be using condoms in AIDS-ridden parts of Africa. You guys have, you know, seen a lot of the, sure, the yeah. crazy. And that's enough to get anyone's blood boiling. But my experience as a missionary kid in, in the, the heat of all of this was a very uh, positive experience. Most of the people that I encountered mm-hmm. were good, loving, caring, kind Christian people. But it, it, that wasn't why I left my faith. You know, I, I left because I fell in love with science. I started doing all this research, particularly I've noticed a lot of atheists or a lot of um, neuroscientists, a lot of cosmologists and evolutionary biologists tend to be atheist. And those are three fields that I just absolutely fell in love with. And the more that I dove into them, I thought, you know, that the science would prove my religion correct. But instead, the other, you know, it was the other way around. 
And the more things... The religion that, proved your science correct? I'm very confused. <laughs> no, that's Ray Comfort. Ray Comfort <laughs> says that. That's, that's. As I left my faith, I started to, to see, you know, I started learning all of these crazy, cool, awesome things um, that just completely conflicted with my faith. And that made me want to share it. It made me want to, you know, tell other people that, you know, mm. hey, here's some amazing thing that I've learned about the brain. Um, for example, I used to have uh, sleep paralysis. And I, I just made a video on this, but it's when when you're sleeping and suddenly you're jolted out of, of yeah. sleep and, you mm. know, but you're jolted out of REM sleep. And normally, you know, while you're sleeping, your brain releases glab GABA and glycine and it paralyzes your muscles so that you don't thrash and roll over and fall out of bed. But if you're... <clears throat> If you're suddenly awakened during REM sleep, then you can, you know, your muscles can still be paralyzed for a little while yeah. while you're awake, while sure. you're lucid. Yeah. And just take so, Cialis though for that, right? Is that what you do? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. If your if your paralysis lasts over four hours, <laughs> you might be dead. You're probably dead. <laughs> That's what I tell my wife. Anyway. <laughs> uh, it's just sleep no, paralysis. I'm just, totally says sleep paralysis for the waste. <laughs> It's sleep paralysis. It's not like seven whiskeys. <laughs> no, if you can just get it to be paralyzed in in an erect position. <laughs> no kidding, right? Now, there, there's I, some popsicle. real science to be done yeah, here. I just use a popsicle stick. Don't, isn't yeah. that that's standard, right? Just, Damn, we're sitting on a gold bar. <laughs> now, uh, now I've had sleep paralysis once or twice in my life, and it's it's a really shocking thing to yeah, happen. I, it, very I've, shocking. I've had it over a dozen times. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I, I have really sure. Are you sure it habits. wasn't a ghost sitting on your chest? It could be a felt ghost. Like sitting it, on your chest, it felt like it, dude. It felt like it seriously feels like there's something holding you down. Well, the first time and I thought it was weird. demons. Yeah. Because it first happened to me while I was a creationist. Oh, God. And oh, so I, I woke up and I remember like looking up and seeing like this cross on the wall and my eyes are just fixated on it. And I'm like inside my head, you know, I can't really say anything or scream for help. But inside my head, I'm thinking, you know, Jesus, save me, help me, help me. Sure. And like nothing's happening and nothing like it. And it eventually Jesus. goes away on its own. <laughs> He doesn't even lift, right. bro. He's just come on. He's not gonna get. He's not gonna get the demon off your chest. I didn't get enough likes on Facebook. <laughs> like me enough, and this demon will get, get off, off my, my chest. chest. Yeah, I, it's a really terrifying experience, though. And I, and I, I will attest to that. It is one of those things that happens to you, even when you're not a when you're not a believer. That is really weird. Mm. It feels weird. It feels because you're still kind of quasi dreaming and you're you're stuck in this position and i've had i've had some serious like i've also like snapped out of it where like when i when i finally can move like my my limbs flip. <laughs> it's really awesome like it's a really crazy thing that happens but he it's a uh, it's it i could see where people see it as a I mean, I watched a ghost show one time where this woman was like, yeah, I wrote about sleep paralysis and I knew it wasn't that it was a ghost. I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay. No. Yeah. But seriously, there are, it is such a powerful experience that it can wash even reason out of your head. You sure. Know what I mean? Sure. So, and I can do, imagine do as a have... creationist, like, so okay, I, I do want to back you up a little bit because I'm curious. So it's mission work, but specifically what religion, like what denomination of Christianity? So, so they were Protestant, probably, um, well, they, they were non-denominational, but they were probably closest to Pentecostal. So they believed in the whole speaking in tongues, oh, demon did possession. They, did they hold on to snakes at all or no snakes they, over there? No snakes. But because, you know, they thought, you know, you shouldn't test God. Okay, I see. But at the same time, you know, I was taught young earth creationism and that the earth was 6,000 years old. Yeah. You know, I feel like, and I could be wrong about this, so correct me if I am, but like, 
if you're taught that particular bill of goods, like because the, there's a lot of Christians that don't believe in the young earth theory, right? Like a, I think more are are not young earth creationists than are. I think if you're in that, even the most cursory traveling down real scientific roads will blow that up in a way that might be more more unsettling and foundation shattering than if you happen to be, let's say, Catholic, right? The Catholics believe in evolution. They don't believe in a 6,000-year-old earth. Right. So, Well, let's just say it takes a tremendous <laughs> amount of cognitive dissonance. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like when that happens, I have to imagine that's, that's like... Because yeah. it's a, it's such an untenable position mm-hmm. for everything to rest on, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, I, that's I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like sure. everything rests on a top. Yeah. You know, it's very unstable. It's the little the littlest motion will have to rise. You're gonna knock that fucker over. Yeah. The wider that base is, the you know the more stable it's gonna be. I guess. Well, if you're familiar with um the the backfire effect. No, no idea what that is. What it's is that? it's a in in psychology. A lot of times, if you get in an argument with someone and you present them with facts and reason then, you know, they've done studies on this where, you know, they'll present someone with facts that go against an emotionally held belief. Mm-hmm. Oh, I And they, they yeah. interview them both before and after. And it turns out after they're presented with that ev- evidence in an argumentative fashion, they wind up being more solidified in their belief system. What about if you mansplain it, though? Does that change the yeah, effect? Sure. As long as, <laughs> as long as you're manspreading while you do it. Yeah. <laughs> Women get moist. That's what... <laughs> He's like leaning. Let me mansplain. Oh, hang on a minute. I wasn't condescending enough in my in my explanation. I'll I'll scale that back. But yeah, women condescending just, is when I talk women, down to you. Women are just screaming sploosh. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. That's actually my go-to pickup line. It works every time. <laughs> now, so you started. You must have shaken off religion at sort of a, a, a later age then, right? So you were in your in in college at the time or the, the very end of college. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I, I actually I went through a bit of a transitionary phase where it was incredibly gradual. So I had a, a high school youth pastor who told me, you know, sat down with me and he's like, you know what? When you learn that there's, you know, more evidence in favor of evolution that, you know, or enough evidence in favor of evolution to show that it's a valid theory that you should believe, you know, don't abandon your faith altogether. You know, these ideas can be compatible. And so I was, yeah. I was, I wasn't quite an overlapping magisteria, man. Well, I wasn't but afraid of it, it. How is it but, not incompatible with, with a 6,000 year old earth? I mean, like there's just no time for the did, evolution to happen. You see the fucking short neck giraffes and Ken Ham's fucking deal. Ken Ham's arc has short neck giraffes. Well, Can, but, will but you excuse me while I kill myself? Also for a has moment? raptors. I, you're right, and it had shellless turtle, shellless tortoise monsters that look like little poop well, monsters. Yeah, no, but but Ken, Ham, yeah. Ken Ham doesn't believe in evolution. You no, know, so, he believes in macro evolution. He does micro He does believe in evolution in some ways because when we, I mean, micro, that, you have to, you have to believe in evolution if you have a short neck giraffe on there. Even though the short neck giraffe is a is a uh-huh. bullshit thing, that's not a real right. thing, right? <laughs> But he's too stupid to realize that that's not a real thing. And it's also, you're also believing right. in somewhat in revolution. Yeah. But he, he believes, believes in, in, a, in yeah. a fast time scale, though. Right. And and only like change over a fast period of time, but only within species, if I'm not right. mistaken. Right. Like Which he thinks a dog can turn into a wolf. If you've ever studied ring species yeah. and you see, you know, right now there, you know, we there are birds and salamanders that, you know, that we have that are all alive right now that in varying regions that neighbor each other or border each other, they can reproduce with the species right next to it. 
or the salamander right next to it. But then as it goes around in a loop, you know, either around a mountain or around the the um, Arctic Circle, then they cannot reproduce with the one on the other end. So once they get all the way around this barrier, then they're a different species. And, you know, so we have just blaring evidence of speciation, of one animal evolving into another. Sure, yeah. And it was little things like that that, you know, I started to stumble across. And then when I realized, oh, hey, like, this whole evolution thing, you know, it makes a lot more sense than young Earth creationism. <laughs> I shifted <poof. laughs> to I shifted to an old Earth idea where, you know, oh, well, the story of Genesis isn't literal. Mm. Yeah, sure. But as soon as I did that, all the dominoes started falling. Because if the story of Genesis isn't literal, then there was no first man. If there's no first man, there's no original sin. If there's no original sin, what, is Christ dying for an allegory? So that's a shitty reason to die, right? Yeah. No one dies for young Goodman Brown. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like it's a fine story, I guess, but like, I'm not going to die for the fucking thing. Are you fucking kidding me? You want to uh, fucking die for the crucible? Fuck yeah. you. Oh, no, no, but but he didn't die he for didn't waiting die. for the dough. Right? <laughs> I mean, if when I think of death, I think it's, you know, this permanent thing, right? Jesus, you know, he just got set aside for a couple of days. You know, it's like at the worst, it made him late. So he was yeah. inconvenienced. Late. Yeah, I know, right? Like he was temporarily inconvenienced. Uh, and who's to say it even hurt? Like God can't use some magic fucking Novocaine. Admittedly, so. Is, I mean, oh, ouch, ouch. I mean, let's like we're being a little harsher, but a temporary inconvenience. Isn't that cancer is a ten temporary inconvenience too, right? I mean, like cancer or like brain cancer tumors those are temporary inconveniences until they kill you yeah right yeah but if you know that you're coming that you're going to be just fine and you're going to go on vacation for the rest of your life later that's the difference right, right that's fair well, it's the, like you the, get cancer. What about the make a wish foundation <laughs> <laughs> worth it worth it <laughs> uh, you haven't heard my wish <laughs> They just they just open up this this giant envelope of your wish and it's all commas <laughs> and you're just like they're like no yeah no, right. they no. look at my wish like close the foundation yeah we are this not is... serving you a thousand peacocks <laughs> it's not happening it's just not happening you can't have ordolans for every meal this is fucking... and the thing is is it's none of it's sexual it's all food right it's like, just... it's like all food it's all that does not mean it's not sexual you make you I'm make just everything extinct. <laughs> I want to eat the last of the following animals. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Cancer's going to be balling. Oh, uh, <laughs> you, you shake off religion. And how soon after do you start a YouTube channel? So was yeah, couple, what is the requirement on that? I'm just curious because, because <laughs> you know, it, it, you clearly have a story to tell and you clearly have a right. point of view and you clearly are well-educated. So you, you, you obviously wanted to, you wanted to talk to other people about this because it was, a, it was, it's, a, it's, I, I know as a believer, not becoming a believer was a very life changing experience for me. Well, a huge part of it, it was not an instantaneous thing. Sure. I went through, you know, I spent a couple years where I was very hesitant to start anything because I, I didn't want to misinform. And so I just I read oh, what the fuck so is that much. About? You know, I, a, I mean, it's a it's an honorable I mean, impulse that I simply don't share. I don't understand it. Right? Go ahead. I no, so I, I started I started reading about a book a week, and in you know a, a wide area of, of science based nice. um, topics. Have you made a reading rainbow yet? Or um, <laughs> hey hey, <laughs> take a look. <laughs> right? It is, it it is in the book. Yeah. You know, I, I tried to soak up as much information as I could before I 
really started talking about it. And initially, it wasn't meant to be this massive thing. It was just going to be a few videos that I could share with my family and with my parents, telling them why I don't think that this is logical, why I don't believe anymore. Because if I have these conversations in person, I tend to just get interrupted and cut off. Sure. Mm. And I wanted to be able to share something from my heart. And it's the audience started growing. And then I started seeing a lot of the harm that religion did. Sure. Or does. And I was frustrated. And so I, I made a few videos that were a little bit more, you know, mocking, satirical. Um, I'm a polemicist. What can I say? But I, I'd made a series called Animated Bible Myths. And in it... The, the main character, God, is Dinkleberry. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Which, that apparently was the most offensive thing to my family. Yeah, they I, stumbled I, I wanna, across my YouTube channel and they just, they took huge offense at that. I, I want to rewind you a little bit. So you said that you had, you created this partially with the intent to share with your family in a way that they, you know, you don't get into a sort of back and forth that they can interrupt. How was your channel received by your family? Your folks know initially, about this? Initially, yeah. before the mocking. <clears throat> initially, I wanted to have a bunch of videos before I shared it with them. But I got three videos in and I, I just I was, had a lot of frustration over, you know, how I'd been misled. Not I wasn't mad at my parents because I don't think that they deliberately lied sure, to me. Sure, yeah. But I was, I was mad at religion in general. And, you know, I felt free at first, but then I was kind of frustrated. And then I was just, you know, I, I kind of wanted to show why all of this is bullshit. And I did it in kind of a tongue in cheek way. And then I, I mellowed out a little bit. Now I just, I just love life. Yeah, I don't, okay. I'm not angry or mad or upset because I don't want to live under that cloud. I want to sure. have, a, you know, a positive side of, you know, looking on just the fact that this life is short. Yeah. makes it so much more meaningful, sure. makes it, you know, sure. gives me so much more purpose to make the most of it. And I want to share that, that joy and that love of humanity with other people. Yeah. So I think my, my channel has become a lot more optimistic, but when my parents stumbled across it, it was right as I was making those animated mm -hmm. Bible myths and they did not take it well. My, my mom and dad think I'm going to hell. My uncle said, I'm just as crazy or I'm just as, as bad as religious extremists. Which, I mean, they religious extremists kill cartoons, and I'm making cartoons. So I, if you can't see the emotional disconnect, there, sure. or if you can't right. see the, the moral disconnect right. there, right. something is wrong with your objective sense of morality. Do, do you think he really believes that, or is that, do you think that's hyperbole to, to, to sort of compare you with the worst, right? Like, because I, I guess because I've heard that concept before, like, you know, ah, it's just as bad as religious extremists, like atheist extremists, sure, right? Yeah, you hear that all it's the just time. just as bad, yeah. right? And it's like, well, I mean, like, the worst end of religious extremism is, you know, bombings in Manchester and driving it's burning a, people Driving a car on and, London Bridge and killing right. a bunch of people. Throwing yeah. and like, buildings. Yep, right. There you and, go. And you're making YouTube videos. Yeah. And I just fail to see how anybody with even the most basic common decency can actually make that comparison honestly. Are they just making it in this in the sense that like a, an extreme point of view? Because the extreme the extreme point of view of atheism, like what is it? I mean, do, well, do you think that comes from an honest place? Here's the problem with religion <clears throat> is that it people take it on as part of their identity, and they they adopt it emotionally. So if you go after their religion, if you go after their god, they feel like you're personally attacking them. Mm -hmm. They're not able to swap it in and out like an idea. You know, if if I tell you right now, you know that. You know, if, if you think that, and I, I use this example in one of my videos, but if you think that lightning never strikes the same place twice, and I show you 
actually, it's, you know, the Empire State Building gets struck 100 times a year. That idea, you can easily just dismiss and, you know, be like, oh, okay, you know, I, I agree with you and, and you move on. Mm. You're not emotionally attached to it. It's not a part of who you are. It's not your identity. Uh Religion, people say, you know, they don't say, oh, I believe in Allah. They say, I am a Muslim. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so if you come along and you, you know, you say, oh, that's wrong. They feel like you're rejecting them. They feel personally attacked. Hmm. And so I think with my parents, you know, they, they see it as we raised him better than this. You know, here he is rejecting us. How could he do this to us? Yeah. Rather than wow. just, I reached the, the the end of a rational journey. So if people were going to find your show, where would they look? So the main thing right now is my YouTube channel, which is called Holy Kool-Aid. And then I have a website called holykool-aid.com that aggregates everything. I'm trying to come up with different resources there to plug people into the atheist community, you know, finding local groups near them, finding conferences. I want to have a wide variety of resources. Um, I also have, you know, Facebook and Twitter is Holy Kool-Aid and I have just about every other social media platform. Hmm. We'll put it on this episode show notes. This is episode 363. Thanks for joining us in yeah, studio, thanks, Thomas. Man. Appreciate it. I had a blast. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Glory hole, motherfuckers. <laughs> you want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Newsweek. Uh, bald people should watch out for witch doctors. Mozambique police Whoa. warn Whoa. after murders. Whoa. It's people with hairlessness, Tom. <laughs> what the fuck Sorry. is wrong with you? <laughs> people who are follicularly Follicularly challenged, challenged folks. Yeah. That's, this is just unbelievable. The this... level of rudeness. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Unbelievable. There's I'm like, trying to be. There's like two people with follicleness, follicle-lessness <laughs> in the audience that are so mad There's going to be somebody right with now. alopecia just like, God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> All right. It's not fucking funny. All right. I always wanted to get one of those alopecias. <laughs> Those things are so cool. They're huggable. They have big long necks, right? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can you can shear them and make a sweater. Yeah, you make a sweater. Actually, an alopecia is exactly the opposite. I love of that. those like, alopecias. They're awesome. I think a real alopecia would be funny. Just lube up and like squirt like a bar of soap. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you do, what you need is a slip inside and some Crisco. You yeah, know what right. I mean? Like you just be like, all right, here we go. This, this is, is good it's stuff. This is yeah. this is how the magic. Yeah, happens. absolutely. I'm just saying. Uh, so, turns out uh, Mozambique, uh, not exactly a hotbed of scientific literacy. <laughs> this story is nuts. So, a couple of bald people were killed. They were murdered and chopped up and their fucking organs were removed for use by witch doctors. Mm-hmm. And hear this out, because people thought that bald people were rich, I, I would think you would just like know the person and then if maybe they're not all just rich. figure out if they're rich. Yeah. Right. It's just super easy to test. Like it's the easiest yeah. claim Absolutely. to test ever. Absolutely. But they also thought that bald people's heads is the best part of the story. I can't see. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Scroll uh, down. I'm going to read it. Cause bet. I can't, I don't, I don't even want to paraphrase it. You bet. So this is from the Newsweek article. This is amazing. Think about what has to happen in your mind to believe this <laughs> okay, is true. Right, sure. Some people in Mozambique, and I love the way this is written by Newsweek, mistakenly, <laughs> <laughs> mistakenly believe Do you want me to read this? that the heads of bald people contain gold. <laughs> me gold! <laughs> you get that guy who's like, <clears throat> he cuts it off and he's like, oh, someone <laughs> scooped in the head out. <laughs> There's just a brain in there. Oh, 
I love it, man. To be like, some people in Mozambique, they're like the writer of Disney. Some people in Mozambique believe backspace, 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 mistakenly believe. <laughs> I have to have that qualifier on there. So, uh, so Newsweek doesn't get sued. Right, That's yeah. why. Yeah. Because somebody's like, because there's some guy in Alabama's like, there's. There's head in them. There's their gold head. There's, in them. Their heads. There's, there's gold in that bald head over there. All right. Like I gotta get me panning stuff out. You know, I don't want to fall trap into the panning. <laughs> trap panning. Ain't no gold in there. Maybe if I sift these brains here through this strainer. <laughs> Turn upside down. <laughs> Shake it with a strainer. Uh, I don't want to generalize about a people. Hmm. But all of the people that think this are fucking stupid. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, they're not just a little stupid either. They're fucking literally criminally stupid. <laughs> the idea that they'd be like, no hair, probably their head's full of gold. <laughs> Let's kill them. I don't know how you get from one to the other. What do you think is in a human head? I don't. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> that you think that somebody could walk around and do stuff that has a head full of gold. Oh, <laughs> So we want to thank our patrons. Uh, of course, we want to thank all our patrons for their generous donations. We want to thank our new patrons. Simon, Vizubon, this one's my favorite, the Bjorn Identity, Jessica, Ivra Ensemble, Justin, Natalie, Frode, Dale, Matt, Ashley, John, and Christine. Thanks so much for your generous donations. We really do truly appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much. You keep Glory Hole Studios going. So we got a message from Patty Cake Rex, uh, who was talking about the Paris Agreement and talking about how there's some states and and uh, that are actually uh, going to pledge to do the uh, the Paris Agreement. It looks like Hawaii is the first to Hawaii sign. Hawaii signed on. Yeah. Um, and uh, and and Patty Cake Rex, uh, like we talked about in the in the first hundred days episode, I feel like this is this is sort of echoing what we said, which is. You know, this work has got to be done no matter what. Sure. Right. No matter what climate climate work to try to get renewable sources of energy, to try to slow the the warming of the planet, to try to, you know, get energy saving stuff, to try to make sure that, you know, all of these things come into place. It's going to have to take private hands now because the public public sphere is out of it. Sure. So private individuals are going to have to step up and do the work of this. Um, I saw that uh, the the president of France put out a thing on the on TV or, or on on the internet the other day. I don't know if you saw this. Basically said, anybody who's working on this stuff, no matter where you're at, you can come here. We hmm. want you here. So what's so funny is you know like like this idea that that the free market's going to spur innovation. Yeah, it might spur it right it, the hell it, out of it'll, here. It'll spur it out of here. You know, you know we like, we're not going to be a leader. Drain. We yeah. won't be a leader in this anymore. Right. Yeah. yeah. We could, exactly. If we are now. Brain, that's exactly yeah. it, right? A brain drain based yeah. on this. And he was like, come here. You're welcome here. You're welcome to do yeah. that work here. So, you know, again. Let's the, incentivize yeah. our best and brightest to leave. Yeah. Right. It's, it's that's, that's how you make it's America silly. great again. Yeah. But uh, but uh, Patty Kickrick says you should call your representatives whenever you can, write your senators, email your governors and mayors. Hopefully, I know that our city, the, the Chicago has pledged to follow this Paris Agreement as well. Um, I think a lot of places around the country are going to do this. I heard Pittsburgh was outraged that they were that they were uh, called. They were the example that Trump used. He said he's not the president of Paris. He's the president. He's the president 
that, you know, right, that right. with Pittsburgh is the city that he cares about. And Pittsburgh came out and said, look, we've had clean initiatives for decades, for, years, yeah. for decades. We've been one of the cleanest cities because of, you know, reforms and things that we put in place decades ago. I love, I love that he picks like a city that's like, no, we're the exact opposite, ex- right? Yeah, exactly. You didn't even do the fucking research to yeah. pick us. Yeah. So, Should have picked Houston. Yeah. <laughs> Houston hasn't done clean anything ever. <laughs> like Houston just has factories that produce smog. Like they just burn. They don't even do anything. They just burn. Like yeah. they just. They, Those they, are the dead bodies they, they put in. They there. just yeah. randomly burn things for no reason <laughs> other than to pollute. So we got a message, and I want to play this message before I talk about the tweets that we got. Mm-hmm. But I want to play this message first. This is from Martin. Hey guys, this is Martin from Charlotte. But you know, I've I've been a doctoral student for more than four years now, working on my dissertation for three, and I can tell you that just learning about the. the the specific thing that you're studying, the area is usually so laser focused on something very specific that you spend years and years just reading about this one thing among millions and millions of things that are out there to study, topics. And for Bogosian, and I forget the other author, to write a hoax type of paper to kind of poo-poo this gender studies idea is really um, baffling to me. And I can't believe that someone who supposedly, you know, understands the scientific method would do that. It just uh, boggles the mind. So uh, very interesting that uh, that uh, that we got that message from someone who's a Ph.D. candidate. Um, we got a, t- a couple tweets that I want to read. These tweets came in uh, this last week right after the show. And I uh, I hate responding to people on Twitter. I genuinely loathe going back and forth. I hate the back and forth of having yeah. to confine what I want to say, especially on a subject this broad. Yeah. I don't want to confine myself to one sentence, uh, 140 yeah, characters. Right. It's just, it's ludicrous. I'm never going to do it. So if you tweet at us, chances are what I'm going to do is I'm just going to bring it onto the show and talk about it. So someone tweeted at us. The, uh, the question is, uh, if only PhDs understand their area of study, how do the rest of us evaluate any truth claims? Apologists use the same argument about the Bible and the Quran. If you are a, not a scholar, you cannot fully understand. And lastly, if we need a PhD to understand these things, why does Thomas and Eli have to uh, have Eli explain gender studies to us? I want to address that one first. Okay. Yep. And that is he doesn't. Right. He never, never does. He that never, never that literally never happened. You clearly didn't listen closely enough to that podcast. He did not explain gender studies to us. Didn't explain one concept. He, he of never. He studies. never once even tried to explain a concept right. of gender studies. He may have explained some of the the things that came out of gender studies in the sense that these were social revolutions that happened because people studied gender, but that's not the same thing as explaining gender studies to us, which I do not remember happening. It, it, I would be happy to listen to any time codes though that you would send of Thomas's podcast. So I won't poo-poo the notion, but I listened to it pretty carefully and I don't remember it. Yeah, I will, so, I, I will say, I'll just flat out say, I don't think that that happened. Yeah. I listened to those episodes just like you did. I listened to those episodes pretty carefully. I thought they were interesting episodes. Eli did not go on with the intent to explain gender studies. Yeah, He is not an expert in gender studies, nor does I think he pretend to be an expert in gender yeah. studies. And Thomas doesn't either. They did have discussions about the hoax paper. Yeah. And then right? they also, he also talked about some abstracts. Right. And some of the, and, and we're going to get into the abstracts here in a second. So we're going to, we're going to take that part of the question yeah. differently. Okay. So the second, the question is, if only PhDs, Tom, understand their area of study, how do the rest of us evaluate their truth claims? Yeah. And, and so you had an idea about this. Yeah. I don't think that the rest of us get to 
uh, understand those truth claims as lay people without changing our status from lay people to expert, right? So it is unreasonable in 2017 to presume that I can pick up an abstract from any field of study that is not my area of expertise or pick up a paper from from a field of study that's not my area of expertise for which people have spent 8, 10, 12 years of their lives building a highly specialized body of knowledge and vocabulary surrounding that body of knowledge. And I, as a lay person, having done none of this, can pick that up and just read it and decide whether or not I think it's accurate. That's, I think, the height of arrogance. And I think it completely um, invalidates the reality of how knowledge works in the 21st century. Why do they need a PhD then? Sure, Why right. are you paying someone this kind of money if everybody can just pick this stuff up and I can just pick up any any very deep, th- thick, you know, really complicated philosophy paper by somebody who's a Ph.D. level and just get it? Sure. Yeah. Why even pay to get a Ph.D. if anybody can get it? You We're know, not all the guy from Goodwill Hunting. Right. Most of us aren't. Right. And most of us. We're most not. People None of us are. are not. Yeah. yeah. One, right. that's there's a fictional all, all guy. Yeah. Right. So, you know, the <laughs> same. he wasn't real. <laughs> the same is like, yeah, just because you can read doesn't mean you can read Ulysses by Joyce. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Like, OK, yeah, you can read. You might be able to pass your eyes over the words and maybe you even know what most of those words are. But does that mean that you are equipped to read that novel yeah. in a meaningful way? No, we it's tried not. to read Tom and I when when we long time ago we tried to we we thought we'd read some of the best books ever. Mm-hmm. And I remember we started with a list that was like twenty five best books. And number twenty five, we're going to work our way down to one. We got through one book, and it was twenty five on the list, and right. it was Sound and Fury. Uh, is that what that was called? Yeah, Sound, Sound and, and Fury. Fury. Yeah. And and Tom and I read that book, and we thought it was the most backwards gibbledy garg book that we'd ever read gibberish the whole first half is just and and what happened was is you know if you read critical theory that book it's a brilliant book you just need to have someone help you with it like i mean i could i was not equipped to pick that book up and just understand it when i read it i was like i don't get it yeah and i was not equipped either and i have a degree in english literature yeah right and you have a degree in continental philosophy we are not equipped to read that book, right? Because it's over our head. Yeah. It, it, it is the case sometimes that things are just over your head. That's why you continue to get education in a field of study. You know, so I, I did take the liberty of just poking around and finding a handful of abstracts. Okay. Um, and I want to read these as to, to make my point, right? Yeah. So this is an abstract picked literally at random um, from, from a physics uh, uh, journal, right? So here's the here's the first couple of sentences for the abstract. Um, tell me if, as a lay person, this seems reasonable that you should be able to read this paper, right? Do, w- I, have be, do I have to be honest? Yes. Okay. And this was seriously picked at random. I didn't go try to find a hard one, yeah. right? WMAP precision data enable accurate testing of cosmological models. We find that the emerging emerging standard model of cosmology, a flat A-dominated universe seeded by nearly scale-invariant adiabatic Gaussian fluctuations, fits the WMAP data. For the WMAP data only, the best fit parameters are H equals 0.72 plus or minus 0.05 omega sine with a little zero. H squared equals 0.024 plus or minus (laughs) 0.01 omega sine with the M. H2 equals... You can't even read it. I can't read it. The thing is, like, I would look at this and say, I don't don't know what this means at all. I don't don't know what the WMAP means. 
I don't know it. I don't have the vocabulary. I don't have the math. You would have to, right? if you wanted to understand this paper, right? you would have to translate it, yes. right? You would have to spend a good, some portion gobs, of your life, gobs. whatever that is, some portion of your life looking up each section of this mm -hmm. to try to contend with it. You might find something that you don't understand as well. So like if I looked up the equation weirdness that they have in there mm -hmm. and be like, well, I don't get that. What can I get? Can I work my way down to understanding something? And once I understand one thing, maybe I can work my way back up. You would have to spend a lot of time trying to teach yourself some, some things to try to figure that out. And I don't know that I ever could teach myself how right. to do this. And the thing is like, okay, let's say I was, let's say I, I, I did all of that. And I'm no longer a layperson. Yeah. Right. I have I have taught myself. I have developed a body of knowledge. Yeah. Which has moved me from layperson yeah. to a person with a specific area of expertise. Right. Yeah. But then I'm still not any closer to evaluating whether it's true. Yeah. I've only gotten to the point of understanding what it meant. Yeah. I've not yet even begun to build a larger body of knowledge to compare that against. Right. And what and what their argument is is that these things are too complex, right? So what we did was we looked for some gender studies ones, mm -hmm. and we I found four or five that I read through, and I was like, I kind of get that. Like, I kind of I right. understand it. Like, I get, right. yeah, I get I, where this they, particular gender studies one is coming from. So I understood wanted to find them, one that was hard. I understood them enough right. where I read them, and I was like, oh, I kind of get that. I kind of get that. Um, we found one where we're like, oh, this one seems very challenging. So right. this the, the name of this paper is... Transitional subjects, gender, race, and the politics of temporality. Right. So let me read. Let me read a couple of sentences from this. I argue not only that the role of temporality must be theorized in these debates, but also that these issues must be considered within a historical context in which temporality is deployed as a mechanism of power. I ask how transgender experience requires a rethinking of foundational continental queer feminist frameworks such as self creation, disciplinary normalization, the sex-gender distinction, and the intersection of gender and race. I show that paying attention to transgender experience highlights the central role of temporality in the nation-state's racialized maintenance of the category of gender. Throughout, I contend that the conversation between continental feminist philosophy and transgender studies allows for a more thoroughly historicized intersectional account of the relationship between bodies, time, and power. The amount that... So, so here's here's my takeaway from that. I don't understand that. I don't get it either. I don't. I don't know, I don't know I, what it means. I, I know all of those words. Sure. And and I look at that and I think, okay, I would have to be familiar with a body of knowledge that is so deep that it is just as specific as that physics abstract that sure. we read. Right. I would have to pour time and energy and effort into building a depth and foundation of knowledge that I can come to this paper and contend with it, like as you say, contend with it in a meaningful way, yeah. right? And so, again, I think it's entirely hubristic to look at something and say, well, you know, I'm a pretty smart guy and I should just be able to pick it up without a specialized body of knowledge and understand it. We don't expect that of physics. We don't expect that of biology. We don't expect that of, of, of almost any other area of expertise or study. You have to spend that much time on. Yeah. And you know, you wouldn't expect to be able to say, Oh, look, you know, I occasionally read for pleasure. I read James Patterson novels. So I'll pick up Ulysses. You'll be fucking lost. Yeah. We got a message. Um, this message is from, uh, Varden. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but Varden is in Germany. And recently there was a couple of, uh, exchange people who came, uh, that are Christians 
And uh, and Varden uh, was wondering how to talk to them. And then he realized, you know, I could probably do some street epistemology like Anthony Magnabosco. And Anthony Magnabosco was a was a guest on our show recently. Really just a very smart, sharp guy who does uh, street epistemology. Yep. And uh, and this is a great way to do it. I, if you would have sent us this message without your own answer in it, Varden, <laughs> this, I would, is, this responded, is the answer yeah. I would have given you. So good luck. And, you know, send us a message and let us know how it goes. Um, he's going to talk to these people and just ask them how they know. And right. I think that that's such a great it's such a great way to open up the conversation. We got a bunch of messages about the story we did last week about the 11 year old girl. A bunch of people said it's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. It is not wrong it's, it's old. old yeah and so uh so uh, that's one of the things that that we we would like to say is a lot of people said it's on snopes well just because it's on snopes doesn't mean it's all false we checked it out on snopes and they said yeah a couple decades ago someone uh, uh someone did marry an 11 year old uh and they were 20 and so that was a thing that happened. Now, uh, now there was a couple, there was a mixture on there. So there was a couple false claims, but they were you know, things the that, we that was of. used in the article yeah. was not, not a true and, image. And we didn't talk about right. that. And they didn't make it clear in the editorial that we were discussing that this was an instance that had happened several years, several ago. years, several many years, years ago in yeah. the past. But the facts of the case do not seem to be in dispute. And it happened, right? right. So it happened, right? You can't have a system that both says, a person under this age is unable to consent to sex and yet is able to get married because the parents consent for them. Yeah. Yeah. No. How could I consent for and, somebody? And I don't else? know that that changes what we were talking. It about. doesn't. That's, it doesn't that's change. What I'm saying, it doesn't right? change what we were talking right. about. So. Right. So fundamentally, um, all those yeah, things hold we true. Still, we're talking about. It. So. So yeah, it was an old article. We will. We will absolutely admit that. Um, but again, it wasn't. An, it wasn't technically an old article. It was a new article in the New York Times. It's just an old thing that happened. Mm -hmm. But uh, Mike had a great point. He said that the senator in Florida that was arguing that the 13-year-old girl's opinion didn't matter when it came to changing the marriage age in Florida basically said a 13-year-old isn't, isn't mature enough to inform our decision on this, but is mature enough to get married by at least two years. <laughs> God, good point. It is a great point. We got a message from Aaron, and there's a sign outside. Uh, a sign, one of those, uh, what do they call those? The, the signs with the, the marquee signs. Yeah. 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 With the changeable, with letters. The changeable letters. And someone had put this on a sign. When I find myself in tweets of trouble, mother Russia comes to me speaking words of wisdom. Cavafe. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to thank Thomas from Holy Kool-Aid for stopping by. Absolutely. Uh, a lot of fun to talk to Great him. Guest. Uh, we're going to have a link to uh, all of his social media and to his YouTube page on this week's show notes. So check it out. If you haven't checked it out yet, check out uh, Citation Needed. Uh, we're going to be uh, covering in the next week, we're going to be covering J. Edgar Hoover. And then in the following weeks, we'll be doing Stanford Prison Experiment. And then uh, we'll also be covering the, uh, the illustrious career of John Harvey Oswald. No, John Kellogg. Harvey Kellogg, you Kellogg. son of a bitch. Did he kill? Is he an assassin? Because he had three God names. God damn it. He had three names, so he had to kill somebody, That's right? not true. John Wilkes Booth, Lee Harvey Oswald, John Harvey Kellogg. John Harvey Kellogg probably did. John kill Harvey him. Kellogg killed William Henry Harrison. I'll tell you what, he killed fucking a lot of boners. That's what he killed. <laughs> if you're interested in that, it's going to be a, it's a total not safe for work one no, too. No, that's not. A it's kill. a lot of fun. So check them out. Citation needed, citationpod.com. You can find us on iTunes and all the other places. It's a lot of fun to, to do that work with uh, two of our other best friends in Eli. So, <laughs> so that's going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, we're going to leave you like we always do with Skeptic's Creed. 
Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter mommy issue hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician double bubble toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative acupunctuating pressurized stereogram pyramidal free energy healing water downward spiral brain dead pan sales pitch late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, Cancer Cures, Detox, Reflex, Foot Massage, Death and Towers, Tarot Cars, Psychic Healing, Crystal Balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, Aliens, Churches, Mosques and Synagogues, Temples, Dragons, Giant Worms, Atlantis, Dolphins, Truthers, Birthers, Witches, Wizards, Vaccine Nuts, Shaman Healers, Evangelists, Conspiracy, Doublespeak, Stigmata, Nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and information provided on this podcast are intended for entertainment purposes only. All opinions are solely that of Glory Hole Studios, LLC. Cognitive dissonance makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, currentness, suitability, or validity of any information, and will not be liable for any errors, damages, or butthurt arising from consumption. All information is provided on an as-is basis. No refunds. Produced in association with the local Dairy Council and viewers like you.